everyone, welcome to American Afocha. Today we have myself, we have Baba Ibrahim, Sizer, and Ibrahim Sabri. Welcome all. Um, so to start off the podcast, the purpose of this is to serve as a learning experience for all of us, um, but we're going to go into further details and um, further episodes. So today's topic is pretty much discussing the corona pandemic, how we feel about easing the restrictions, and just kind of going more into detail from there. So... so Everyone's opinions. Do you guys think we should remain closed? Should we keep it open? How are we feeling? Personally, I think that this is a very complicated thing that has so many moving parts to it that any one opinion is going to cause some type of negative repercussion. You know, um, uh, I was talking to a nurse recently and she was telling me about the Spanish flu and how more people were affected and killed by it in the second wave when people started coming back out. And while everyone's having cabin fever, the truth of the matter is there are people that need to go out. But they're also taking risks. And you know, I personally, I'm not going out. That's for sure. You know I mean? uh, I'm high risk. I have asthma. So if I get sick, then it's going to be super serious for me. And... I genuinely think that it's going to cause more problems for more people if we do this thing where we just decide that, okay, now this is over, we can go back to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, Brian, touching bases on what you just said or following up, I completely agree with you. Um, at the same time, like, I don't want to go back right away back into society, but at the same time, I'm not speaking for myself, but the population in general, I know a lot of people are itching just to get back into work because I don't know if you guys heard literally the news. They're always talking about how people are literally struggling right now, whether it would be with providing food to the family or anything or anything to the family, because a lot of people, if you think about it, that live in the society, they live paycheck to paycheck. Um, yeah. And but you, you can't provide anything if you're dead. Let's be real. Yep, yep, exactly. No, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. But the fact is, a lot of people also, they want to get back straight into society, not because they're struggling or anything, but they just want to have their lives back. When they, when I say lives back, they want to be able to do what they were doing before, whether it would be going out or have their lives, basically, have the fun that they once had. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know right now. People don't really understand what a pandemic means. Like, pandemic literally is this huge outbreak. It's not some little thing to just be played with. So, I don't know. I just see, I see people on my Instagram feed going to parties, getting their nails done, going to the hair salon. And I'm thinking, do you realize, like, what state of the world that we're in right now? Like, this is not a game. Well, you know, um, I saw a tweet recently that said that this pandemic really shows people who've never been told no before. And that was very telling because, you know, um, this is one of those things where it's like, a, it's something that people uh, never thought would happen because we're in current, right? Like mm-hmm. to happen because it was back then, you know, all these uh, huge global, globally impacting events happened in the past because you know they quote unquote weren't sophisticated at us and we had everything under control but this is clear indication that you can't control everything 
but the mindset is still there. You know what I mean? And they say, well, you know, it'll just kind of be okay because that's kind of, that's what my whole life has been. You know, anyone who's never, uh, like, I, I've never, uh, maybe it's just because of the, you know, my timelines and different social media, but none of the people that I've seen that were itching to go back into the world were people who've been to tra- traumatic things like, uh, like, like soldiers. I, I have a bunch of friends that are soldiers. And mm-hmm. when I talk to them about it, they say, no, people need to stay in. But a lot of people who will leave and go back to not just work to feed their family, but you know the ones who need the haircut, the ones who want to go back to the beach, the ones. These are people who just kind of you know coast through life and you know never had major things happen that kind of restricted their decision making or their, uh, their uh, the way they make their moves. You know, a lot of people who are taking it seriously are people who've been through stuff. You know, when I talk to my mom about it, and you know, uh, I'd imagine that um, everyone here, the, their parents were in Ethiopia uh, when you know the military coup was happening, and you know that was something that there's a disconnect when they told us about it because we weren't there, but they experienced it. So for them to go through something like this. It's not the end of the world, but it is something to consider uh, seriously, you know? And so that's why maybe that uh, they take it more seriously than someone who's just kind of lived a life of privilege, who've never had to, you know, deal with um, forever, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, for uh, having to cook for themselves or on a budget or whatever, you know? Yeah. I get that. But then it's like, what do you tell the person that's able-bodied and super healthy, who is living paycheck to paycheck, like I think Ibrahim mentioned earlier, um, who just wants to go out there and work? Why should they sacrifice everybody else? Wait, wait, repeat that? Sorry. Yeah, no, I was saying, like, let's say, like, what do you tell the person who's able-bodied, who, um, let's say, is not immunocompromised, who lives paycheck to paycheck and does want to go out and work? but we're saying no. We need to close everything down, even if they're like considered a low-risk group. How do we? I guess like how do you tell them that this isn't? Even if it's not for your own benefit, you have to think about the rest of the world and you know just your fellow man. I mean, you know, I guess you gotta, I just want to go out. You know, like when you go outside, you're basically going into a war zone. You know, make sure you got your mask, gloves, because you never know who's capable of uh, having the virus. You know, so you always better be safe than sorry. Yeah, I completely agree. But then at the same time, think about all the people who, I forgot the term, what it's called, but the people who actually do have this coronavirus, but they don't have any symptoms or anything like that. How would, you, how, how would you know? How would you know who has what and like who's safe and who's good to be around, you know? Um, like, I don't know how prepared you could be for something like this. Well, for the most part, if people are doing like, in my opinion, which is the, the, the basics, right? Washing your hands, uh, wearing a mask, um, limiting your, your contact. If you want to go to the beach or a park and stuff like that, if you cannot be talked into not doing those things, at the very least, have the consideration for other people to wear the mask and, uh, you know, stay some distance. You know what I mean? If, if you're of the mindset that I'm going to do whatever I want, despite what 
scientists and doctors and the government and the mass majority of people in my country are saying, those are people that you can't really convince. All you can do is present the facts and they choose their their own uh, destiny at that point. You know what I mean? Um, personally, I think that the death toll is gonna rise like crazy uh, from what we know now, right? Because you have all these people who just want to go out there without people. This entire time, people have been uh, leaving the house with no mask. You know, I've been going grocery shopping and stuff like that. And like, there are people out there just touching the produce. You know, just living life as if nothing's going on. And you know, you can't save people like that. You just kind of have to see what happens. And uh, you know, I, I, there are they were working towards a vaccine, but before that's mass produced and handed out there's just going to be a lot of people that die you know that may sound cold but that's a sad reality of it uh based on what people are choosing to do to themselves and to others by just not taking uh, simple precautions so are you saying that there's going to be spiking cases because i know like a lot of cities like atlanta opened up and like, you know, from what I saw in the news, they're actually saying that numbers of cases are actually decreasing, regardless of like them opening the city back up and stuff like that. Well, these are um, the, uh, I and, and I have no science or stats back this up, but um, I would imagine that the reason why they're decreasing is because people staying home has been uh, working to a certain extent. You know, people wearing masks has been working to a certain extent because you know, this we're in May right now. You know what I mean? The lockdown just happened two months ago. You know, yeah. so a lot of people uh, were they didn't get their uh, their symptoms. If they let's say they got it in March, they may not have gotten their symptoms until the beginning of April. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have to wait and see when they start like testing people um for real because right now the 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 testing uh, phase is just beginning it's it's you know it's 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 infantile state you know Mm -hmm. but once they're able to test people in a timely efficient manner then you're going to see the numbers uh uh, rising up as well you know also there are people with the virus that aren't uh admitted into the hospital because they don't have life-threatening symptoms so they're just going back home you know, and if they live in like an apartment complex or in a high rise, you know, whatever they're touching, the elevator they're getting in, you know, if they leave the house because they just feel like they want to, then mm-hmm. they're going to affect other people as well. You know, so like like I said, there's all these moving, moving parts. So, you know, whatever we say, whatever opinion we have on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's something uh, going on to counteract that. You know what I mean? Like... I think that if we uh, wear masks and stay away from uh, people, then we'll be putting ourselves in a better position. But then on the opposite end, there's someone who says, no, that's all BS. It's all propaganda. I'm going to go and hug as many people as I, I want to because that is my life, my body, my choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're basically, you're basically like too early. Like, you know, just because cities are starting to opening up and cases are going down, like, it's only been like one week or so like so it's not really too relevant or like it's not really as accurate the statistics as of right now because like 
time time will really tell maybe like three weeks from now we can really get the real numbers and real results of like what's really going on with the cities yeah and you know a lot of this is dictated by the time of year that we're in as well because yeah. you know uh november's around the corner and a lot of these uh, out to get elected this uh uh you know in the next couple of months and uh earlier someone mentioned that the majority of people out there are living paycheck to paycheck those people need some form of peace you know what i mean they need uh some comforting and whatever face is going to give them that comfort and that peace is the face that they are more likely to vote into office this coming november you know what i mean and it sucks because a lot of these people I, I really do feel for a lot of these people they they have families if they had low wage jobs uh, or jobs where they're living um, uh, pension pension or depending on the government you know they're in a position where they have no choice other than to beg to go back to work not because they're addicted to their work or they just want to leave the house because if they have small children or they're being forced to pay rent or their mortgage yeah. you know um, yes they're taking a chance on potentially dying but you know having a, a large family or just having children it changes your mindset in that way you know you'd make that risk to make sure that your your kid has a roof over their head or something like that you know yeah. now don't get me wrong there's a large number of people who just want to go to the bars and you know live a normal uh live their normal life just for the sake of living it you know what i mean yeah. but you know um it's you know lena said earlier it, you can't spend that money if you're dead you know what i mean people uh people who want people to go back to work i'd imagine a lot of them work from home you know what i mean i imagine a lot of them have not been affected that much by this pandemic because they still been getting their paycheck. They still been able to, you know, go see their friends because they know that their friends have been uh, quarantined and they also uh, has have been getting a paycheck. You know what I mean? Like I see a bunch of my friends who who are like that who they work from home and so do a bunch of their friends. They still been getting together and just kind of hanging out. You know, so this has been um uh, a softening of that blow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what did you mean by when you said um people are looking for someone to provide them with comfort and peace? Cuz I think more than anything people care more about like safety, you know, someone who's who's really going to take initiative and really make sure like, you know, scientists are on top of their stuff, you know. So what did you mean by like comfort and safety or comfort so, and peace? So for many people it is very important that their lives go on with the least amount of pushback or friction as possible right and this pandemic causing basically a, a big chunk of the a country to shut down has caused that right they haven't been able to go to the stores to buy everything they wanted to because maybe they lost their job or they've been laid off or whatever you know what I'm saying they haven't been able to go certain places because they've shut down and you know like all jokes aside for a lot of people who 
feel that they absolutely need those haircuts because it's a um, a part of who they are or whatever. Now they're walking around uncomfortable because they've never been able to not get one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they've never been able to, uh, you know, people with kids, you know, like they're just stuck at home with them now. You know what I'm saying? And maybe a lot of them, and you know, there's all speculation here, but maybe a lot of them love being able to like uh, go out for the night to just kind of get their own me time and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So when you've been in this situation where, let's say for at least the past month, you've been in the house, not been able to get what you want, not been able to get away from uh, your family, not been able to do the things that are an outlet for you, you are in a state of unrest. And when someone says, hey, look, these other guys are saying you need to continue this type of lifestyle, but I want to reopen the state so that you can get back to your life and, you know, do whatever you want and da 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 The language they use is very pandering, you know what I'm saying? So when they see that glimmer of hope, when they see, oh, see, this guy gets it. He, want, he knows what I want and he knows that uh, I, I'm going to want to get my life back together uh you know candidate john smith he's the kind of guy and the infamous words of the, of the bush candidacy he's the kind of guy i want to have a beer with you know what i'm saying and people say that when they see like-minded individuals and if a, a candidate can portray themselves as someone who has uh their constituents best interests at heart then when they go vote then that's the person they're going to remember the most you know what i'm saying you can give them facts, you can give them, you know, hey, you know, John Smith, he voted against these things that you care about or whatever. What they remember is the most recent. And what's most recent right now is people tired of being at home, not getting a paycheck, being bothered by uh, their kids or their uh, the, the, the way they're living right now. And this one person wanted to help them in terms of giving them what they want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, a lot of people are fed up right now with how everything is going. But at the same time, the way that it is, I looked at one poll that was, I, I don't know if it was CNN. I don't remember what broadcasting company or station posted this. A lot of people, they said once the vaccine actually does come out next year, I believe it was 40% that said that they did not want to take it because think about it like this it's just you're just it's just a test it's just a trial that you're going to be taking you don't know how it's going to be you don't know if it's going to cure it or anything like that and a lot of people i feel as if i hope this is not the case but the summer when the weather actually gets really warm i don't know how many people are actually going to go out and be like you know what i don't care i've just been in the house all day every day i just want to go out and do what i my the normal lifestyle that you had beforehand and they're just gonna like forget rules and regulations. I'm gonna do what I wanted. Yeah, you know, it's uh, kind of like um, uh, when you're in a very humid area or a very smoky area, and then when you leave that area and you get to a place where you can breathe freely, it's not just your lungs, but your entire body that feels rejuvenated, that feels, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, normal. And this is uh, equivalent to that, where, um, like you're saying, people have that need to just go back to normal life. 
you know it's not just a mental thing it's a, a physical thing as well so going out and seeing their friends going to the park or whatever um it's something that they need physically and mentally the problem is um that's a very selfish way of looking at things you know especially uh here and now because we're not just dealing with you know it's not just a situation where just the government is arbitrarily telling people to stay home you know this is something that um can affect a large number of people and it has affected a large number of people you know what i mean um in uh in dc maryland virginia um i think the collective death toll was uh it's around like 5000 you know what i'm saying and the infected rate um for the ones who have been tested and gone to the hospital right uh not necessarily stayed but just gone uh was around um i want to say 25 to 30,000 you know what i mean that's a lot of people especially when you're considering that uh a lot of those people are in the DMV area specifically you know saying and people you know who aren't very familiar with that area uh these are people that you know constantly are crossing those state lines and going over bridges and you know what i mean it only takes like 15 minutes to get to uh, either either uh, state uh, or a province so you know we're dealing with something that we can't see that we can't uh hear or taste you know it's eventually just in the air and it's hard to have people really be afraid of something that's not very tangible you know what i mean but then you hear these stories of people who went out to like uh spring break or they went to the beaches or they went to uh you know, parties and then once they contract it they're on breathing machines and they're making videos saying it's not worth it i thought i was it was a hoax i was wrong you know what i mean there are protesters who have died from it because they felt it was a hoax there's a guy in korea who um went to a a club with uh while he was infected with uh, corona and uh he infected over 150 people and they're considering charging him with murder you know what i mean like that's how serious it is like he he just didn't care and those are the people that um i guess when people are saying don't go out in public uh and live normally those are the type of people that you have to be afraid of because they're out there people who just don't care people who maliciously want to do what they want uh even though they know it'll hurt other people you know what i mean wait so are you saying the guy who went out like he knew he had corona yeah he knew he had corona and he still went to the club and he infected uh it was over 150 people you know what i mean and you know korea is not america they're they're serious about the shit because they had like the way they responded to this whole thing uh was like the best in the world them and a couple other uh smaller countries like Taiwan Taiwan's a, a incredible right they heard about uh um this sickness that was coming out of China they didn't even know what it was yet and they they acted immediately you know what i mean and they have some of the lowest numbers if not the lowest numbers in the world you know now granted Taiwan is a very small country but their response to it was swift and it saved lives you know what i mean and that's what I, a lot of people need to uh to they need to uh, think about things not just on a personal level it's not like the government you know 
once John and Jane Smith from 123 Main Street, they're not attacking them specifically by saying you have to stay home. You know what I mean? They're telling John and Jane Smith, look, if you go to, you know, Walmart and some dude happens to walk in there and he's like a sociopath and he starts like secretly licking his hands and touching kids' clothes and, you know, electronics and all this other stuff, then, you know, you're done. You know what I mean? But you don't want to, you, you you touched it and then you touched your face and then, you know, you touched your kids and you get what I'm saying? Like, now yeah. I'm giving a kind of an extreme example. This is definitely a, a, a what if, but is that a what if that you want a chance? You know what I'm saying? No, hell no. So, it's not definitely not. And then at the same time, going to that point, um, even when it goes to the store, when it comes to the stores, when somebody purchased something, a lot of people are taking the measure of literally going to like a giant or something like that. They'll buy something. They'll come to the house. They'll wash it before they even literally do anything or open up anything. There's a lot of yeah, measures yeah. to this, like just to be on the protective side, you know? Um, so you don't, you never know what people do these days. Yeah, I do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I'm dead ass. Thankfully, I have, uh, I, it's been, I haven't been able to find san, uh, not sanitary, but uh, uh, the wipes, um, disinfectant wipes. Uh, I was able to get a packet from my mom, and I've been just very careful uh, about how I use it because I don't want to run out too quickly. But whenever I go uh, grocery shopping, I, you know, when I come home, I'll set everything on the floor, take everything out of the bags, wipe it down with the uh, with the rag. Then I'll put it, uh, I'll put it away, and then when I'm done doing all that, I throw the bags away. If anything comes in an exterior packaging, I throw away that exterior packaging. You know what I'm saying? And then that uh, disinfect my floors. You know, I have a, a, a cleaner uh, that I, um, I have a 70% uh, alcohol. Uh, uh, what is it? You know. Um, What's it called? Uh, it's like isopropyl alcohol. Oh. If you if you use uh, at least seventy percent, then you use that as a disinfectant. You know, so then I use that for my floors and and everything. And you know, when I uh, when I leave the house, a lot of times I don't use the front door because uh, everybody is going through that hallway. And my neighbor actually had COVID. You know, what I'm saying um, she was getting out of a, a medical van, and the driver told me to yo stay away from her. And so I just started going on my back door, you know, because like I said, I'm, I'm high risk. You know, if I get it, I'm definitely going to die. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't afford to, to mess around, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that actually uh, reminds me, um, uh, I was watching a, a Vice episode yesterday and it was talking about how the coronavirus has affected disability and people who are disabled and the episode talks like three disabled people they come on and they just talk about basically nothing in their life has changed with this whole coronavirus because they've literally their life it just all they do is they said they they just stay at home and they're, they're, they're they, can, they can't do things on their own you know and mm-hmm. it just makes you think why are we complaining the fact is that we can't go out, we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't do that. When people who live their their whole lives like this
this and they're used to it. Yeah, we might be in, stuck in the house or anything like that, but at the same time, things could be a lot worse. And we could literally, we could be in a, a worse position than we currently are. And we just gotta stay patient at the end of the day because it's all for our own selves. We just gotta protect ourselves. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't really think you can really compare us or like, you know, people who are disabled to people who are like, you know, functioning normal because like people who are born a certain way like say someone is born blind like you know they can't really they don't they don't really know what it's like to do certain things but when you have opportunity and you've been able to like live your life normally and then all of a sudden everything is taken away from you it hits you a little different you know yeah it's um you know the whole i understand and agree that things can be worse but that statement and that phrase in my opinion is more of a momentary comfort you know what i mean because what do you what do you what do you, what do you, what do you mean by that so what? you know uh and i i've said it to myself plenty of times well you know uh things suck right now but i'm i have the opportunity to you know keep my um keep my apartment feed myself do all that type of stuff you know, there are people who can't get that. Okay. But then I can't keep my, that idea in my head to come for me 24 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you know, when I'm thinking about, you know, how am I going to pay my rent? You know, and for some people, how am I going to pay my kids? They can't wash away those ideas with, well, at least I'm not blind. You, you get what I'm saying? It, it's just, it's no, no, I, 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 com I completely agree with you on that. I completely agree. When somebody has to do something just to go ahead and provide for their family or themselves and to stay alive, they, they, they have to take whatever means necessary. They have to do whatever they have to do. And they're, yeah. they're, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who literally, they have everything covered. They have everything. They have food on the table. They have a house to live in. They have that's, everything. That's definitely different. Yeah, those, no, no, like, no, I no, I completely agree with you on that. And whenever that's what I was talking whenever about. we're talking about these type of things, and whenever we're talking about these type of things, yeah. people who are privileged, right? People who, and you know, uh, some people may not think they're privileged because they worked hard. And I get that. You know, what I'm saying you work hard, you deserve the, uh, the fruits of your labor. But you know, when you're able <clears throat> to do and get what you want, you know, when you're in that position. Um, you know, those type of people are a different animal than when we're talking about people who are out protesting, uh, who because they want to get a haircut, because they want to go to the bars, because they want to go to the beaches. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like that's their whole argument. It's a selfish. No, argument. no, I, I, I completely, I completely agree with you on that. When you, somebody they want to do something just to satisfy just because they say oh i'm bored in the house i want to do this right, I want to right. do that they want to they want to satisfy their desires then I that's that, that's, that's completely different from somebody who has to actually go out and they have to provide they have to work just to put right. food on the table and cover their rent you know that makes perfect yeah. sense the i think the only people who feel like those people aren't in the wrong are people in that group that is to say like you know uh, no matter what your political affiliation, no matter what country uh, you're coming from, if you feel like think the, the country should change, society should change, because you wanted to for your own personal gain, then 
you know, you're just a trash human being, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, the world is saying, look, people are dying, there's this sickness, and, you know, you're not going to hear it from the news. You know what I mean? Because it's just not good to say, but there are all those people who want to hurt people just for the sake of hurting people. And those are the people you're avoiding by staying in the house. Those are the people you're keeping yourself and other people safe by wearing a, a mask. You know what I mean? Like, those are the people that we have to keep in our in our heads when something is uh, affecting us personally. Yes, it's, it sucks to not be able to, uh, to know when your next paycheck is coming or how you're gonna pay rent and all that. But it makes it a lot worse if you go out there, get yourself sick, and then now you have another bill or you have another thing that you have to take care of. You know what I'm saying? Or your family has one less person in the house that's now in the hospital and they have to come see, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of moving parts to it, but m- many people can't see the forest through the trees. They only see what's affecting them in that moment. You know what I'm saying? And they don't look at the bigger picture. So how about like for the money aspect of it, don't you think like, don't you think these unemployment checks are kind of like helping people pay rent and stuff like that? Like, I know they are, but like, I feel like there's some people who are making more money off of these checks than they would, you know, from their own paychecks, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, Absolutely. I was going to say, that's, 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 that's nothing but truth. Um, I remember watching on the news, they actually. I think you muted yourself, bro. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I think a lot of companies uh, they are gonna be, it's gonna be hard for them because think about it like this: just to get their workers to come back, you know they're getting paid more on unemployment because you literally get your unemployment benefit every week as well as six hundred dollar check that the government provides. So they're actually getting more money just from unemployment than actually going into work. So think about it like this, how tough it's going to be for these business owners to go ahead and find workers, people who want to work. Unless they have no job at all, no income, it's going to be tough for them to actually get workers to come back. Well, you know, a lot of these uh, business owners, right? Like, let's say you own a franchise, right? Um, your employees are employees. They're not uh, 1099 contractors. So the stress uh, for you monetary, monetarily is a lot less than small businesses who can only uh, afford to hire contractors. For example, um, my, my security job, the guys who own it, uh, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a contractor, you know what I'm saying? And so they, can, they only do 1099. Now, these guys, they're, they're not making any money. You know what I'm saying? My, um, uh, my unemployment is the federal minimum, which is uh, about $135, $140. Okay. For four months, each week, I'll get an extra $600. You know what I'm saying? But by the end of July, that will stop. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, come August, a lot of people who are like me, uh, they they're going to be shit out of luck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the, these people who are making more money now, they'll only be doing that until August. You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> and then they'll, they'll, there's going to be a mass resurgence, you know what I'm saying, of people going back into the workforce because they'll no longer be getting that, uh, um, that extra 600 a month or 600 a week. You know what I'm saying? Um, but 
you know, like now, uh, up until then, right? Like I, right now, because of the the money that I already received through uh, unemployment and and all that, I'm pretty sure that I'll be able to make rent until, um, you know, until the end of my lease. My, my lease is over by the end of October. You know what I'm saying? Somehow, some way, I'll be able to make my money. But then I have to think, okay, am I going to uh, sign another lease for a year to keep this place? You know what I'm saying? Am I going to be able to go out into the workforce again um, and at the very least make uh, the money I need to not only cover my expenses, but to, you know, uh, to, to live a life that's worth living you know, uh, the way, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't live an extravagant life, but uh, at the very least, I'll, I'd want to be able to not suffer. You get what I'm saying? Um, yeah, definitely. So, like, even, uh, you know, when this whole thing started, uh, like, it was mid-March. By late March, I saw moving trucks. People had already started moving out of my, my apartment complex. You know what I'm saying? Because they couldn't make rent. My my apartment wouldn't give any uh, leniency towards uh, rent, and so every month, every uh, every like end of the month, people have just been moving out. You know what I'm saying? And it sucks because now there's a lot, a lot of empty units, and it's just going to continue throughout the year. You know, and so business owners are going to have to think long and hard about the long game, right? You have these people. Let's say that my apartment complex says, okay, look. If you guys can't pay the next, let's say, three months' rent, then uh, starting on that fourth month, we'll just tack on uh, an extra charge or like a, a, um, a percentage of the balance. You know what I'm saying? And then at that, at, you know, after a certain while, you get your money back. But if you keep people out and you know start over. Then that's like three months of uh, rent, and you're never gonna get back. You know what I'm saying? So like, this is a this is an unprecedented time. So people have to think uh, in in new ways to counteract it. You know what I mean? And it, it seems like they're not. I I'm sorry. I I felt like I just kind of went all over the place with what I was saying, but I I, I feel like I was making kind of some sense. You got you guys were following me along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, it's it's just crazy because like. Um, you know, anyone who's a contractor right now is just it's hard times. You know what I'm saying? People who had minimum wage jobs or uh, low income jobs and they're part of a franchise or they're part of a business that will definitely open back up like fast food places or um, Home Depot or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, come August, they'll probably be they'll probably be fine to a certain extent. You know what I mean? So do you think the people who are like living off minimum wage, do you think it's benefiting them, these unemployment checks? Like they're getting the benefits mostly? Depends on uh, what the minimum wage is in, in their jobs. Their area. Like uh, DC minimum wage is much different from Virginia. It's actually uh, more than double actually. You know what I'm saying? So if you're getting 80% of the minimum wage, uh, which I think the minimum wage over there is like uh, 14 or $15. Right? Like four, I think it's 14 um, and 80% of that is, that's 280, like $11 an hour. If you're getting $11 an hour while sitting at home, 
and then an additional six hundred dollars. You know, what I'm saying it's uh, there's there's no doubt that you're getting more money than you would have if you were to actually go out there. And just from the standpoint of how do I keep myself safe, it's just a better uh, a better choice to stay home and collect that six hundred dollars. Whether or not they face consequences of not showing up for work is a, a different matter in and of itself. Because one of the requirements to actually getting uh, unemployment is to accept all job offers that are given to you. So if uh, for, if somehow uh, their um, their jobs tell the government, oh no, I offered him his job back and he refused it, then they're not eligible for that unemployment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But for people who, you know. Uh, are losing money by taking that six hundred dollars, uh, as opposed to uh, uh, going to going to their job or whatever. This may be a little harder for them, you know. Especially if they have a family, you know. All things change when when talks of a family come up. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know, for low income and minimum <coughs> wage workers, this is the best uh, uh, best chance for them to kind of get a little bit of bread but you know they also have to remember that they're gonna have to pay taxes on, on this money as well i think that that's information that uh a lot of people are uh, don't have or they're just not aware of that come next year they have to report all this money that they get yeah you know what I'm so basically they're not gonna people aren't aren't gonna get much taxes next year because of all this money that they're getting now I mean, they'll they'll pay the same percentage of taxes of state and federal. You know what I mean? Um, so if they're getting it, okay, so if they uh, if they're getting more for these four months than they would have actually worked at their jobs, if they've been at a job for less than, uh, like more than a year, then yeah. they will get less back for sure. You know what I'm saying? Because they got uh, more money. Uh, that wasn't taxed whatsoever. You know mm. what I'm saying? They're just getting the whole, it's just like uh, getting money as a contractor. I, I don't get taxed uh, with my paychecks. I have to uh, the, the, uh, to pay uh, uh, come tax day. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So you're saying definitely this is too early for for the state to open back up? Yes, um, especially considering how much information we were able to gain on the virus itself, on its effect on society you know, within the last couple of weeks. You know, we're not as blind as we were when this whole thing started. And so we need to kind of slow down a bit and wait till some more information comes out. Wait to see, you know, um, when they have a timeline of when they can get a vaccine, you know what I'm saying? And also we can't just go back to the, or even attempt to go back to the way things were in the past. You know what I mean? Uh, personally, I think that you're gonna see a lot more people just walking around with masks on the regular, like they have been in uh, Asia for all these years. Yeah. You know what I'm they used to get, uh, and that was, it was really funny because people used to make fun of them for years. Like, oh, you know, they're wearing masks. And, you know, no matter what season or whatever. <clears throat> and it was a way, mostly it was a way for people to be considerate of other people. 
you know what I'm saying? But now, you know, I talking to medical personnel, they're like, well, this thing's gonna be lingering for a long time. A long time. Yeah, at least another Definitely. year. And then what, let me ask you guys this though, what do you think about um, with this whole thing with the public transportation? Because the reason Oof. I bring this up is, <laughs> let me tell you this. <laughs> let me tell you this, let me tell you this. I didn't even Basically, think about that, to be honest. Peter, so, I usually take the metro. I take the metro every day to work in the morning. I take a bus first, and then a metro. And just the metro in the morning going to DC is the absolute worst. Everybody is literally just clogged up. Everybody is right. You can barely breathe on the metro. And as soon as literally the the trains open, everybody's just running out and just just trying to get out as quick as possible. But. What do you guys think is going to happen with public transportation? Man, I feel like in D.C. at least, or like New York, what, like whatever major cities, I feel like, you know, they still they still probably won't let like, you know, the metro and all that stuff like open up. Even if they do, they're definitely going to be like, you know, have like rules and regulations with them. Maybe like not let as much people in at a time or I really don't know. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, there's going to be a lot more people just driving in D.C., and I already know it's like a struggle alone, like driving in DC, finding parking and stuff like that. So maybe like parking, traffic, all that. It's gonna just get mm-hmm. worse. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe um, they might have to form like new garages and stuff like that, or just, you know, you know. Start expanding, you know, so people can actually like park and drive and stuff like that. But the thing is, DC is small already. They don't have much space to go ahead and develop all this stuff. Um, I don't know. No, this this whole thing is is very multi-layered right like just this one aspect of life of uh in that the uh transportation aspect right no dc is one of (coughs) it's one of the most interesting cities because uh it has these really weird uh and strict regulations on what you can build and uh and zoning laws and all that right Okay. Uh, so, in terms of building a garage, there are places where they can do it. Like, uh, you know that um, for the uh, they moved the best boys and poets across the street, but the one that was next to the Safeway on the intersection. On, uh, of what is it on? Is, 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 is it Northeast? It's on K Street. Okay, um, K Street. Okay, I, I know which one you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about, right? Do you know yeah. that lot that's right there? That empty lot. Yeah that's right next to the highway and there are a lot of empty lots like that where they can open a uh, uh, open a garage and i actually wouldn't be surprised if they just start doing that you know what I'm saying just all over the city just more garages but how many empty how many empty lots are there in the city though for them to actually be doing that stuff i don't think there's that many not enough not yeah. enough for sure but yeah. if uh it that whole thing dictates on the necessity of it right we already uh now i i know you guys or ibrahim you specifically you say you take the metro every morning i haven't taken the metro in legit years you said eight years legit years i i can't i don't know when specifically uh it may have been four or five years ago i think i was going there and because normally when i go out to the city uh it's for like nighttime things or actually I think the last year that I went there but um, for people who commute right um, 
now you have this situation where you have thousands of people on these trains in close quarters. And, you know, I'm a germaphobe. So that's my driving force uh, for not taking the metro. You know what I'm saying? If I'm on the metro and I'm a germaphobe, right, and someone sneezes near me and I can't move, I can't turn my head, you know what I'm saying? That's going to cause me to be very uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people react to being uncomfortable very differently. I can guarantee you that there's going to be a lot of anger and tension and stress on these uh, on these trains because when they open back up and they start filling up again, not everybody's going to be wearing a mask. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so you have these people who are just free-flowingly uh, uh, um, breathing, you know what I'm saying, in this metal tube and some people are on that thing for like an hour you know what I'm saying that's a lot of time to be exposed to just anyone's germs yeah so the other alternative is to go there by car and for people who are north of Fairfax that's (laughs) right like because they they only have 66 to go there and 66 is already bad 66 it's horrible (laughs) and it's a toll road yeah. It's a toll road inside the inside the beltway now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, uh, the the obvious option would be for people who wouldn't have to compromise, right? Uh, you're familiar with the slug lines, right? You said the slug lines? Yeah, it's when people uh, they. <laughs>